Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. It is 8 a.m. here on the 14th of January. What is health and wellness? And welcome to the show. and gentlemen and welcome to the truckers podcast fyi this is my first show back in the new year and it will be live every sunday morning and yes yeah, good to be back it really is i hope you can join me and uh follow me um yeah it's great now, what is health and wellness? So the world health refers to a state of complete emotional, mental, and physical well-being. Healthcare exists to help people stay well in these key areas of life. What is health? Health is a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. This means that health is a resource to support an individual's functions in wider society rather than an end in itself. A healthful lifestyle provides the means to lead a full life with meaning and purpose. They base this definition on the idea that the past few decades have seen modern science take significant strides in the awareness of diseases by understanding how they work discovering new ways to slow and stop them, and acknowledging that an an absence of pathology may not be possible. Mental and physical health are probably the two most frequently discussed types of health. Spirit, emotional, financial health also uh, contribute to overall health. And medical experts have linked these to lower stress levels and improved mental and physical well-being. People with better financial health, for example, may worry less about finances and have the means to buy fresh food more, or more regularly. Those with good spiritual health may feel the sense of calm and purpose that fuels good mental health. Maybe you frequent church on a regular basis and that helps you 
with your mental health. And of course, being in a good financial uh, position um, can help your overall mental health. Physical health doesn't mean just going to the gym on a regular basis, um, doing just basic exercising, like walking. A person who has a good physical health is likely to have uh, bodily functions and processes um, working to their peak. Even exercising the brain by reading on a regular basis. This is not only due to only the absence of disease, regular exercise, balanced nutrition, and adequate rest all contribute to good health. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. Yes, and you probably have noticed that I have been absent uh, from my show um, on and off really since last April. Um, struggling um, emotionally uh, from the passing um, of our father. And still today, you know, um, going on nine months since his passing, um, still dealing with the effects of that, but I have to move forward. And, you know, I started doing this show back in 2019, January, 2019. And here we are 2024. And yeah, I did. And so, and so basically, when September rolled around, I did a show early September. I was really struggling um, emotionally. And so basically, all of September, October, November, um, December, uh, I think it was the 23rd. I came out and just to wish everybody a Merry Christmas um, and a Happy New Year. And um, here we are in the middle of the month of January. And, you know, only a couple more Sundays left to go here in the month. And, you know, it, it was actually really time um, for me to um, come out here and start doing a show again. You know, I had a, a really strong passion um, for doing this, and I want to get that passion back. You know, I put, you know, a lot of time and effort over the few years that I've been doing this, and, and to have listeners and followers and I couldn't have done it without the listeners. And, and I've said from time and time on my show when I was out here that my listeners 
You are the podcast. I'm just the host. Because without you, there would be no podcast. So I appreciate my listeners and my and my followers. And, and I thank you, all of you, for uh, following me and, and coming on my show. So, you know, when we when we talk about health and wellness, you know, it's not just about uh, physical health, it's mental health. Our overall health, how we how we are able to take care of ourselves. Now, when it comes to physical well-being, um, and that involves pursuing a, a healthful lifestyle um, to, dec- to decrease the risk of, of disease, maintaining uh, physical fitness, um, which can protect and develop the endurance of a person's breathing and heart functions, muscular strength, flexibility, and body composition. I'm not a physical active guy. And I'm getting much older and I should be more physical than, than what I am. Um, it doesn't mean, you know, for one thing, I don't go to a gym to exercise. So, you know, and I don't have exercise equipment, you know, um, in the basement and I rarely go for walks. I'm not overweight and I'm not obese. I'm the average size guy. I'm five foot six away around 130 pounds, but I can make an, and I should be making other improvements when it comes to physical health. And that just means going for a walk once a day. I sit behind the wheel of a transport truck. I'm in and out of the truck. But that's not enough. Now, of course, when we're looking after our physical health and our well-being also involves reducing the risk of, of, of an injury and other health issues, right? Such as, you know, minimizing hazards in the workplace, using contra- uh, contraception when having sex, practicing effective hygiene. That's not just going in the shower every single day. That's brushing your teeth at least twice a day, going for regular checkups to the dentist twice a year, and also seeing a uh, a doctor. Because generally we go to a doctor when we have something wrong with us or we feel we have something wrong with us. But what about just regular checkups? 
avoid using the use of tobacco. Well, there's something that I should practice. I'm trying. I'm hoping by this time next week that I am no longer smoking. So I am working on that part. Alcohol. I could, you know, call myself an occasional drinker. I rarely have a beer or any other alcohol throughout the week because I have to work. Weekends, I like to go out with some friends, watch a sporting event, maybe a live band. Well, then, then that's when I get into having a few beers. I don't use illegal drugs. I don't take drugs. I get, you know, um, the flu shot every year. You know, um, our mother, um, you know, she's 80. So I want to protect her too. So, and I stay away when, when I'm not feeling well. You know, even if I have, you know, the common cold. You know, I don't want to get her sick. Our mental health, and the mental health refers to a person's emotional, social, psychological. Mental health is as important as physical health as part of a full active lifestyle. So it's harder to define mental health than physical health because many psychological diagnosis depends on the individual's perceptions of their experience. Well, if we're not active, well, our physical health is going to decline. Our mental health is going to decline because the physical health interacts with our mental health. So, the good mental health is not only categorized by the absence of depression and anxiety or any other disorder, it also depends on the person's ability to enjoy life, bounce back after a difficult experience, and adopt to adversity, which I'm trying to do. Balance different elements of life, such as family and finances, feel safe and secure, which we all should be able to do, and achieve their full potential. See, physical and mental health have strong connections. For an example, if a chronic illness affects a person's ability to complete their regular tasks, it may lead, it may lead to depression and stress. And these feelings could be due to financial problems 
or mobility issues. A mental illness such as depression or anxiety can affect body weight and overall function. Because what happens, okay, well, we're feeling, we're, we're feeling depressed. We're feeling depressed. Well, it could be a number of things, right? A loss of a loved one, a loss of a friend, loss of a job, loss of mobility. What are we going to turn to? What's going to make us, what we feel that's going to make us feel good is food and what we eat. Your comfort food may be plenty of chips. Uh, it could, it, you know, fast food and so on, right? Then we're, you know, we're already feeling down. We're already feeling depressed. And we just become less active in many aspects in our life. Beginning to gain weight, becoming overweight, potentially even becoming obese, which is going to factor in to, you know, diabetes, heart disease, cholesterol levels off the chart can lead us into a lot of problems. So it's important to approach health as a whole rather than a series of separate factors. All types of health are linked and people should aim for overall well-being and balance as the keys to good health. Now, good health, you know, it depends on a whole range of factors. The environment factors, environment factors may play a role in health. Sometimes the envir environment alone is enough to impact health. Other times an environmental trigger can cause illness in a person who has an increased genetic risk of a particular disease. Access to health care plays a role. But the World Health Organization suggests that the following factors may have a more significant impact on health. Where a person, where a person lives. Now, North America, Europe, you know, prospering countries and the poor countries generally the health should be better if we live in a rich country like Canada and the United States or other places in Europe. The state of the surrounding environment, their income, 
their level of education. Now, I mean, not everybody's going to have 160 IQ or higher. Not everybody's going to have the same income, obviously. Employment status. Are you just working part-time? Are you full-time? That plays a factor too. Work just having a part-time job or maybe even two part-time jobs and still making low incomes in both jobs. I play a factor with our mental health and the environment factors. The social and economic environment. This may include the financial status of a family or community, as well as the social culture and quality of the relationships. So when we talk about, when we talk about, um, when it comes to finances, see, Canada and the United States have, have a minimum wage. Our minimum wage here in Ontario, I think is 16, I think it went up to 16, 65 an hour. That's not even close to being a living wage. That's just a base wage where an employer can start you off at. Now, by saying that, even making up to $18 an hour, still in my mind, my perspective, that is still not a living wage the way the things are at this very moment, this very day. The cost of living, that including your rent, that including your, your ability to, to buy food, We're all feeling that crunch. People who are on a low income, people who are on a disability, people who are on so other social assistance. So try to maintain that part when it comes to finances. And education. I mean, not every, not like I said, not everybody, not everybody is a genius. Not everybody's going to go to college or university. Because if that were the case, well, we wouldn't have to worry about our finances. Now, studies, the higher a person's socioeconomic status is more likely 
they are to enjoy good health, have a good education, get a well-paid job, and afford good health care in times of illness or injury. Here in Canada, we have a universal health care. United States doesn't. That universal health care means that I do not pay out of pocket. For the United States, you have to you have to buy your health care. You have to go into a health care and you have to pay so much money a month and you know you can maybe only afford so much, so you're not gonna get the full benefits of what's gonna be covered. You may have to have a, a copay, you may have to pay your doctor $25 just to sit down in front of them. Here in Canada, we don't have to do any of that. The social factors may also impact on the risk of poor health for people with lower SES, such as marginalization and discrimination. And the social economic status often means reduced access to health care. So indicated that people in developed countries with universal health care services have longer life expectancies than those in developed countries without universal health care, meaning like the United States. Cultural issues can affect health. Traditions and customs of society and families' response to them can have a good or bad impact on health. So researchers studied people in select European countries and found that those who ate healthful diets had a lower 20-year death rate. And the study indicated that people who ate healthful diet are more likely to consume high levels of fruits and vegetables than those who regularly consume fast foods. I mean, you know, so when, so we talk about fast foods and people on low income, they're more likely to be able to food to afford fast food than over than going over to the grocery store and buying a week's worth of groceries. And what you walk out of the grocery store today well you're either walking out with less because you can't afford it so it's easy to go to the fast foods to get your meal which is really unhealthy, by the way. The study also found that people who followed the, Medita the Mediterranean diet had a lower 10-year all-cause uh, uh, mortality rate. And according to the International Journal of, Envi of Environmental Research and Public Health, 
This diet can help protect a person's heart and reduce the risk of several diseases, including type 2 diabetes, cancer, and diseases that cause the brain and nerves to break down. Now, not everybody, I'm not saying everybody should be on the Mediterranean diet because Mediterranean diet, they do eat meat, but they eat a whole less of it, right? I'm not saying people should just be 100% vegan and you have to make this choice yourself. So that all comes down to, down to uh, the economical social environment. How a person manages stress will also affect their health. And according to the National Institute of Mental Health, people who smoke tobacco, drink alcohol, or take illicit drugs to manage stressful situations are more likely to develop health problems than those who manage stress throughout a healthful diet, relaxation techniques, and exercises. Well, that just makes a whole lot of sense. Now, preserving, preserving health, well, the best way to maintain health is to preserve it through the, the, the healthful lifestyles rather than waiting until sickness or the infirmity to address health problems. People use the, the name wellness to describe this continuous state of enhanced well-being. So what does wellness promotes? Well, active awareness of participating in measures that preserve health, both as an individual and in the community, maintaining wellness and optimal health is a long life daily commitment. Every single day. That is even includes getting enough rest. Eating a balanced, nutritious, nutritionist diet from as many natural sources as possible. Engaging in at least 150 minutes of moderate to high intensity exercise every week. And that's according to the American Heart Association. Screening for diseases that may present a risk. Access to healthcare, access to doctors. Like, you know, we have here in Canada, you know, there, there is something like 6 million Canadians who do not have access to a doctor on a regular basis. Approximately 6 million Canadians. And in a country such as Canada and the universal health care, why are we having this problem? I really don't know. So screening for diseases that may present a risk of, of health issues. 
learning to manage stress effectively, engaging in activities that provide purpose, connecting with caring, connecting with and caring for other people. But we have to be able to take care of ourselves first before we can care for somebody else. Maintaining a positive outlook on life. Defining a value system and putting it into action. Now, you know, people, you know, so, you know, like the definition of peak health um, is highly individual. Um, as there are steps a person may take to get there, every person has different health goals and a variety of ways to achieve them. It may not be possible to avoid disease altogether. However, a person should do as much as they can to develop resilience and prepare the body and mind to deal with illness as they arise. Welcome to the show Redbone, thank you for joining me. Now, what is what is health inequity? Health inequity refers to avoidable differences in health between different groups of people. Examples of health inequity include lower life expectancies, high rates of mental illness and health, and difficulty getting health care. Well, I just mentioned that we have approximately 6 million Canadians who do not have a family doctor. And then they wonder why the emergency rooms are full. Wait times are off the charts. They're going there for obviously for plenty of reasons. And when they should be able to pick up the phone and make an appointment to see their family doctor. Even the walk-in clinics. Wait times are long. Because these are the people who don't have a family doctor. And that's from every walk of life. Whether you have, whether, whether you're, 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 you're homeless, you, you have a, a, some sort of mental illness or chronic illness, or you have the common cold, or you have the flu, or you have COVID. And just in general, to be able to go see a doctor on a regular basis 
these six million Canadians have to rely on the hospitals or they have to rely on the walk-in clinics. And they shouldn't have to. Emergency departments are for emergencies. It's not a doctor's office. And again, it mentions here, so these widespread differences are the result of systems that negatively affect people's living conditions, access to health care, and overall health status. Health inequity affects people from disadvantaged or historically oppressed groups most severely. However, it has a negative impact on everyone. So whether you're whether you're, you're black or you're indigenous, uh, you know, historically, these oppressed groups, which is pretty sad, meaning, you know, that we're in the 21st century, you know, and we still have racism. It's ridiculous. Now, so with, with the health inequity, this means that certain groups experience worse health and increased difficulty accessing health care as a result of the systems that influence their lives. For example, economic and political systems can influence poverty. People born in areas where poverty is high may have reduced access to safe housing, clean water, healthy food healthy food, education, and medical care, all which impact health. And it was good to talk about the poor countries around the world where they don't have this access. Here, you know, in North America and over in Europe and places like that, we shouldn't have this problem. We shouldn't have a poverty problem. We shouldn't have a, um, a housing problem. We have a severe housing, I should call it severe, it's a crisis when it comes to housing, affordability. We even have an increase of, of rental evictions, meaning that you know, a person living in a residence and, and they've been paying, you know, on an average of $800 a month, right? Now the landlord wants to do rental evictions. It's not just to, to fix up the place and, 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 the, and the residents move back in. No, it's get that resident out of there and double that rent. And we've seen an increase in this. 
having that clean water, having that healthy food, education, and the medical care. Having that doctor be able to go to, like I mentioned. This creates an unavoidable and unfair divide between different groups. Changes in government policies are, necess are necessary to overcome this. Well, we've been hollering at the government like everybody hollers at the government. You know, when it, when it comes to policies. I mean, who's respons who, who, who is responsible for, 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 for housing? Well, the federal government is, the provincial, uh, the provincial government is, and, and the uh, municipality government is. To make sure that we have enough housing. And I can honestly sit here and tell you right now that, yes, here in, in London, Ontario, where I reside, We've been addressing the homeless issue and the municipal government, meaning the city has been actively and aggressively dealing with the homelessness, but we're not quite there yet. And unfortunately this winter and, 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 and today it is blistering cold out there we have it approximately over the winter months that they're saying the city is saying that there's anywhere from 400 to 600 people who will be in the outdoor elements tent encampments And that is just unacceptable. Health. It occurs on a local, national and global scale. And it affects all countries. Is it um, inequality, disparity? Although they sound uh, similar, the terms health, inequality and health inequality are different. So the inequity and the inequality refers to an unfair and avoidable and all the inequalities but the product of human behavior. There's an example. Health differences based on age are usually the result of health Inequality, it is normal for, for uh, health of young people to be better 
than the health of older adults overall. As a result, this is not typical of an example of health inequity. Disparity is a slightly different meaning to both of, of, of these terms. A disparity simply means a difference. It does not specifically re refer to differences that are the result of unfairness or injustice. For instance, differences in infant mortality among social, racial, or ethnic groups within the same country are often the result of inequity rather than disparity. This is because if a country can provide higher quality maternal care to one group, there are typically no medical reasons that it should not provide it for another. Now, even when it comes to lower life expectancies, average life expectancy can vary dramatically depending on the region a person is born in. Social economic backgrounds has a huge influence on this. For an example, children born in Syria, uh, uh, West Africa have a life expectancy of 50 years. Well, children born in Japan have a life expectancy of 84 years. This is the result of the dramatic differences in living conditions, income, and healthcare services. I mean, the average age, you know, here, you know, more likely in North America, the average age, you know, is probably, you know, 79.8 years of age, you know, maybe 80 years of age. Now, so this problem can... It, so this problem is not exclusive to lower income countries. In Glasgow, United Kingdom, the life expectancy for men can vary uh, by as much as 15.5 um, years, depending on the neighborhood they live in. And the higher rates of mental, uh, of, of, of mental ill health. Inequity can also lead to chronic stress which affects both mental and physical health. Now I talked just a few moments about difficulty getting health care. Even if you have universal health care, we have universal health care here in Canada. And why is it so difficult for people to get to, to, to get a family doctor? bias, prejudice, and discrimination can lead to delays in diagnosis, diagnosis and treatment. And certain groups may have, have difficulty being believed or, or taken seriously by doctors. And some studies have found that women wait longer on average for medical care when they visit the emergency departments than men. Women also experience significant delays in the treatment of many conditions, including bleeding disorders, and lupus. There is no medical reason for this. And the lack of awareness about the differences in heart attack symptoms between men and women also leads to higher rates of, of misdiagnosis, which can be fatal.
and preventable death. Health in, um, inequity causes preventable deaths. There, there are many examples of this, but one of the clearest examples is the difference between infant health and mortality among black and white babies born in the United States. Black people are more likely than white people to have babies with low birth weight. They are also more likely to experience the loss of a baby. And this isn't linked to any biological difference between races. And it is true regardless of the social economical background. This demonstrates that the higher rate of infant mortality is not natural or inevitable. The, um, so what are the root causes of health inequality? Health inequalities due to human-made systems and structures that privilege certain groups and underserve or actively oppress others. This occurs through the unequal distribution of power and resources. Racism, which distributes more power and resources to one race over another. Typically meaning that historically marginalized uh, racial or ethnic groups such as black, indigenous, Asian, and Pacific Islanders peoples receive fewer resources. Sexism, which privileges one gender over another, meaning that in most cases, men have more privileges than women and other gender identities. Classism, which gives unfair advantage to those with wealth and social status and disadvantages those with less. Heterosexism, which privileges heterosexuality over other sexual orientations. And also the into, in, into uh, sorry, institutional levels, which includes how organizations and governments set their laws, policies and practices in a personal level, which includes how many people behave towards each other, internal level, which includes how people view themselves. The result of this is environmental, social, and economic differences that impact people's health, leading to health inequity. So what is the impact of this? Health inequity negatively impacts everyone. It leads to worsened outcomes, not just for the people it directly affects, but also those 
with more power and resources. Here's some examples. Makes it more difficult to contain and treat infectious diseases. Increases levels of crime and violence across communities. Fuels alcohol and substance misuse. Increases stress and anxiety by damaging social cohesion. Decreases productivity in employment and therefore tax revenue. Pushes 100 million people into poverty each year and prevents at least half of the world's population from getting the health care they need. Costs billions of U.S. dollars per year and raises the cost of health care for everyone. For people who, uh, where the health uh, inequality directs affects them, that impact is not just limited to their lifetime health can affect their children, their grandchildren, both psychologically and physically. You're seeing this today. I'm not perfect. I smoke and I'm trying to quit. I'm about 80% vegan. But smoking isn't helping that. I don't exercise on a regular basis or exercise at all. Past few months, I guess nine months now, well, pretty much, you know, um, emotionally, um, that was a, 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 a big factor, you know, um, losing our father. Still struggling with that today. I'm fortunate and I can, I can think of myself of, of, of being, uh, of being fortunate. I've been employed, um, all my life. When I was unemployed, that was because I wanted to be unemployed because, you know, I quit one trucking job and maybe took a couple weeks or maybe took a month and then decided to go to another trucking company. There was no, there was no lack thereof. I could walk in any trucking company and get a job. So very fortunate there. I didn't come from a wealthy family. But my father, he, he, you know, he worked hard. He didn't make a lot of money. He had eight mouths to feed. Keep a roof overhead and clothes and, 
and, and food in our stomachs. He went without. But here in Canada, you know, even in the United States, families shouldn't be going hungry. Children shouldn't be going hungry. Wealthy countries. Why are we having the, the, these, these, these issues? When, you know, especially when it comes to employment, when it comes to, when it comes to housing, when it comes to affordability, they say that your rent or your mortgage shouldn't be more than 30% of, of your gross income. Yeah, you know, look at it today and, you know, with, with interest rates uh, uh, on the rise, um, rent increases, you know, it's taken, you know, 50% of people's money just to keep a roof over their head. Never mind trying to put food on your stomach, food in your stomach, put food on the table, clothing on your back, keeping the lights on. People on disability, people on social assistance, people on social assistance waiting to get on disability. Now, Now, what could health equity look like? Health equity is the opposite of health inequity. It describes a system that supports a high standard of health and health care for all people. To achieve this, people would need to eliminate sources of health inequity and provide people with individual in sorry <laughs> individualized care based on their needs so this means giving more power and resources to groups that have who have less rather than treating everyone the same in the healthcare system this could involve financial risk uh, protection for people who need to pay for health care affordable prices for medications and vaccines Flexible appointment times for people who work long or unusual hours. See, generally people have to take the day off to go to the dentist or the doctor, or generally the doctor, because you know dentists will you know work on the weekends. Doctors are not going to work on work on the weekends. 
you know, I have a family doctor that takes every, every single Friday off. So if you don't get in there Monday to Thursday, well, then you're going to have to wait till the next week. And by the way, when I book an appointment to go see my doctor, I'm going to be waiting about a month just to get in to see him because that's how busy he is. Now, in the healthcare system, so the, so the financial risk protection for people who need to pay for healthcare, like I said, mobile health services for those in remote areas and people who cannot travel, so people with disabilities. And, and, you know, here, here in Canada, and even in the United States or whatever, you know, in these wealthy countries that we live in, you know, people should have this, this mobile health services to come to their homes. They don't have the means of going for a checkup. not just in the remote areas. Easy access to translators, care workers, and others who can help people understand and access medical care. Education for healthcare professionals on how um, inequity affects the care that provides to their patients financial and social support for trainee medical staff who come from diverse backgrounds and achieving health quality also involves societal change which is going should involve providing financial investment to areas and groups that need it most cleaning up environmental pollution and in stating laws to protect against it, addressing problems with accessing healthy foods, such as uh, food desserts. So addressing problems with accessing healthy food. So here, here all across Canada, and you know, the United States and probably other Places around the world, you have what you call a minimum wage. And even across Canada and, and, and all the provinces and, and territories, 10 provinces and three territories, it's not the same across the board when it comes to minimum wage. Here in Ontario, the minimum wage is $16.65. That's the minimum that an employer has, has to pay. Why don't we just eliminate that? And we have one standard wage. Starting wage. A wage that people can actually afford to live on. Start a job. Why why can't you why can't you start a job? You know. Uh, say $23 an hour. 
why not? You know, minimum wage has been it's been around for for decades. But things that cost so much money, you can't live. You can't live on minimum wage. It's not possible. You know, here in the city that I've resided in, it used to be one of the, you know, um, economical places to live in. Affordability. Not anymore. I mean, people want to buy a house, the average, the average price, you know, just in the average price, just in, in, in the city that I reside in is, uh, $800,000, the average price to buy a house. Now you factor in the interest rate about 5.5%, your down payment. Now you want to rent, well. Generally, the rent right now, I mean, if you're going to go rent somewhere, you're going to be paying anywhere from uh, for a one-bedroom apartment is going to be cut, running you about sixteen to $1,800 a month. If you're going to rent a townhouse, if you can. People are still doing that. A lot of townhouse complexes are, are, are turning into condos. But, you know, for a three-bedroom townhouse, or you rent it, if someone's renting out their house, they're going to be paying about $2,500 a month. Shortage of affordable housing. You know, plays a plays a huge role on people of, of getting people housed and and our our mental health and our and our overall health. Living on the streets is not sustainable. And like other countries around the world, Canada, we are in a homeless emergency it is a crisis and we shouldn't be in a crisis But your overall health and wellness, you know, part of being housed is, is part of having that mental health. And then we have to work on the overall health, affordability to put food on the table.
we got to start addressing barriers that prevent people from attending school such you know as as a, such as a, a period poverty you know we have to start addressing um and we are but I, we need to do more on the housing employment and safe accessible places to go and as well as prohibiting um, exclusionary housing practices and ensuring that everyone can can access green spaces parks and trails what the hell well we say well why would we want to do that right well because it's part of our mental health Right, to be able to go out in, in, in the public and, 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 and use these green spaces in these parks and these trails for exercise. Not just your city sidewalks. It's important, you know, and, and these are just a few examples um, how countries um, tackle health inequity and that will be a unique to the needs of the people who live there now that's today's show now starting at the beginning of the show you know um You know, I'm working, I'm working on myself mentally, emotionally, you know, this is my first show back, um, well, since it's been on and off since last April, um, since the passing uh, of our, of our father, but, um, emotionally struggling and then I think I did a show like September I think it was like early September and I emotionally crashed and then it was like I think I did a 15 minute 10 15 minute show on the 23rd of December just to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a, and a Happy New Year. I did manage to um, put out um, a couple of videos. Um, so you'd be able to go on the Truckers Podcast, FYI on, FYI on YouTube. And I did a New Year's uh, message and a Christmas message. And so now this being, this is what, um, January the 14th. And this is my first show of the new year. And I want plenty more. So every Sunday, 
8 a.m. If you can come out and join me, that'd be great. If you can't, I understand. Because we do, we all have our lives to live, right? We have things to do in the mornings when we get up. You know, especially if you have kids. But I do appreciate you. I really do. And as I said at the beginning of the show, you know, you, the listeners, are the podcast. I'm just the host. Because without you, there would be no podcast. I want to I, I want to stay on this this health and wellness because I am working on improving myself. You're welcome. You know, so I am working on myself. Because like I said, I'm not perfect. To talk about health and, and, and wellness. Right. And it even talking about this, you know, is helpful to me. Right. Because, you know, how I'm working on myself is that I'm working on quitting smoking. It's not easy, but I'm working on it. Um, I am approximately, I think I'm about 80% vegan. And I want to cut out alcohol altogether. I don't drink through the week. Have some beers on the weekends. But I want to eliminate that too. And then coming home from work, getting something to eat and, and, and just sitting on the sofa. You know, been watching, binge watching TV until a sporting event comes on that I like. Just get up and go for a walk outside. It doesn't matter how cold it is out there. I have winter. I have a winter coat and I have snow pants and I have boots. And I have I have a toque and I have gloves. There's no excuse. There's no excuse for me not to do that. Because there, there is so much, I mean, there is so much to talk about when we talk about health and wellness. It's practically endless. And to talk to you about how I'm progressing through the changes that I'm doing as well. So until next Sunday at 8 a.m., uh, what is that from here, from here to there? So today is what? Today is January the 14th. Already January the 14th. That's, that's crazy. 
So Sunday the 21st at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on the Truckers Podcast FYI, we will continue the discussion of health and wellness. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Thank <laughs> you.